Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. At what point in instead, and the, as I'm asking this, I'm like, I think it was probably from the very beginning, so I'm, I'm answering your question for you, maybe. But at what point when you were in instead, did you sort of start thinking, or maybe as like a group, hey, you know, we better, we better take this thing, like, like, we, we should take this a lot more seriously because there's there's something that we can do with this beyond just being a local band playing shows. Because what I find interesting about Instead, and I didn't know this until I started um, doing the timeline edit for that documentary that's with the vinyl. I didn't know how much of a punk background you guys had. Like, it, like when I heard that Brad X was talking about you guys, I, I remember being like, why, why is he talking? Like, it should be Dubar, it should be the, yeah. which Dubar was talking about. But so, anyway, at what point, for, for at least for you, and maybe if you know when the whole band did, but like, when did you kind of go, well, okay, we need to really like drill down? Yeah, so, Ke- so Kevin and I were, were definitely the main two guys, like, running, steering the ship if you will. And Kevin and I realized, so let me back into this a little bit on the punk background stuff. Kevin and I were, you know, trading records. Kevin and I were reading maximum rock and roll, triple X, uh, flip side and reading about, you know, record reviews and live reviews and scene reports and realizing that there's a couple of bands they get out there and tour. So to us, it almost seemed like an afterthought. Of course we're touring. Of course this is what we would do. Now, when we started doing it instead, that wasn't the intent. The intent was that we had a band and we were having a good time and there was a half pipe in the backyard. And so like some big, big names of skateboarding came back and skated that ramp because there weren't a lot of them in, you know, 86. And um, people started getting into us just hearing us rehearse. And then I don't know how this happened, but somehow Dano and Billy Rubin got wind of us. They came down and started hanging out at rehearsals. And, and, and then they were into it and started kind of like marketing us, you know, like the, the equivalence of being a Instagram influencer or something right now, you know, like, right. Hey, these, these are the guys right here. These guys are coming your way. Get ready. You know, you heard it here first. So 
I think at that point, Kevin and I started realizing, okay, maybe we're a little better than we think we are. You know, um, people are interested in what we're doing. And so we started quickly recognizing that, that the other three guys that were in the band with us did not have the same drive, ambition, ideology as us, you know? So I would say by, by the time we were recording Bonds of Friendship, Tom, Billy, Tony were still involved and, and they're on that recording. But even that was, a, you know, like, it was a pain in the ass to get them to go to the studio on time, you know? And we were going from Orange County to, to Venice to, to record. And, and like, we just got tired of the babysitting. And those guys were, you know, that's no disrespect to them. They were having a great time in their own way. We just, me and Kevin were like, we got to make a record. We got to go on the road. This is what we should do. We got to make shirts. We got to make stickers, blah, 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 blah. And um, so I would say by 87, we definitely were like, we got to start changing some things. And that's where you see Tony fall out. Then you see um, Bill fall out. Then you see Tom fall out. And then, you know, actually in the middle of all that, Bear comes in. And then we we deal with a couple of different bass players. A guy we went to high school with, Chris Carbonell, um, who I really just kind of discounted as a, as a metalhead back then. But really, he was a punk guy. He still is. He still plays in punk bands. Punk bands. And so he helped us out for a while, but instead wasn't really his thing. I think he would have stayed in the band forever if we let it be that way. But Kevin and I didn't feel like he was the right fit, even though he was an extremely good bass player and just a good musician and a good dude and well-versed in punk and hardcore. Like just, there was something off, you know? Um, So, you know, then we get rich in and now we're like at that very moment, like, it was like crystal clear to us. This is it. This is this is what's moving forward. So hopefully that did I cover enough ground? Oh there? no, you were awesome. You were awesome. And I guess I have one more little tiny question because no, I dude, I feel look. This is prime time, family time. You, you're giving me like an hour at like six. So just my oh, final good. question. Like getting rich in the band. How's this lighting treating you right here? You like this? Oh no, I love it. It's it's like it's, it's kind of like film game? noir, like you know, and yeah. kind of like with me with the shadow. It's kind of like, hey, where were you, kid, yeah. on the night of? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of amateur night are you running over there? Oh, okay, it's all amateur night. I I I I'm like Dan Lovatard. I, I I lean into my to my sloppy uh production values. The only way to be, man. Uh, only... as you, but this shouldn't surprise you. This is nothing you haven't known since like 1990. No, no since 1990. Final question, because like to me, Rich seems like he was always in instead. Like when he came yeah. in the room and he started playing in the band, did you kind of know right away this guy or no? So Rich, when Rich came to try out for instead, he knew every song. He played it perfectly. We didn't have to stop and show him, oh no, you need to go to this chord or whatever. Like he knew. Um, and I know this is on the documentary as well, but you know, there was something to that, like other people that should have done well, didn't do well, you know? Uh, but this guy that we would see at shows, cause we knew Rich, but we didn't know him. You know what I mean? We knew we could run into him at Gilman. If we were up in Gilman, we knew that we could see him at the Irvine rec center. We knew that we could see him at Flashdance. you know, but 
he showed up prepared and it you know it, it spoke volumes to to kevin and i specifically you know like this dude cares this dude wants it so even though the popular way would have been to go with a couple of other guys that were you know available it was rich the whole time and then you know we get out on the road with him and it's not smooth um you know the rest of us have known each other because even with fair joining the band we all went to high school together. We all went to high school parties together. We all knew each other very well. We had a sense of humor and, um, you know, just like how, how friends get where you, you know, and you have inside jokes and you know what a look means and things like that. Rich was outcast. Even from, uh, you know, say like Enoch who went on our first tour, you know, he had been around us enough where he was dialed in with us. Rich was like a fish out of water. Um, and we tortured him. We were relentlessly mean to him in, in a lot of ways. And I, I mean, I'm embarrassed of it, but we were, you know, like, but that was also, again, Fozzie Van, you know, that was part of our personality, like torture you relentlessly. <laughs> like we thought we found a weakness. Here's Buck. <laughs> <laughs> 